Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome to Buckeye Talk, Memorial Day edition. That means it's a Monday, which means it's Market Down Monday. I'm Nathan Baird from Cleveland.com, Doug Maurice, Stephen Means also on the line. And today we are sort of projecting the very near future, or, or potentially, I guess, not the near future of Ohio State football. This week's question came to us from a texter um, asking, basically, who will win? When will Ohio State win its next national championship, and who will the quarterback be? And that's kind of—I thought it got really to the heart of Market Down Mondays. It's about specificity. It's about put your name behind a a real prediction. Give us real details. Can't be vague. Can't be a mamby pamby thing. You've got to say this is when it's going to happen. This is who's going to do it. Um, this is exactly what I think we were looking for with this question. You guys agree? Yeah, I think it's good for that. Um, and it really the the interesting thing about this one, um, and maybe it's interesting, maybe it makes it a little less interesting, but it does provide a foundation for the debate. Is there's such an obvious answer, and it's a matter of are you just taking the obvious answer? But if you don't take the obvious answer, then it gets really interesting. But I do think the discussion of the obvious answer is still a good discussion. But I think there'll be a lot of market down Mondays where there isn't an obvious thing. It could be like, well, I have to stake my claim, but it could be this or this or this or this or this. We know where a lot of people are going with this one. We, we knew that when you asked it, right, Nathan? Correct. And we did get a lot of the obvious answer. But within the obvious answer, there were some interesting wrinkles. And then, and you're correct, when people deviate from the obvious answer, I thought that was interesting too, because if you're if you're not saying that it's going to be Ohio State in 2020 with Justin Fields, then when are you projecting the next one? And which quarterback is it going to be? And that's an interesting question right now because there are just so many choices out there. Uh, by the way, that text subscriber was Chris in Baltimore. He uh, just got back to me with his identity. I want to make sure that he um, was identified for, for sending in this question. And for those of you who are not yet tech subscribers, um, we really appreciate those of you who are. And this is how you get to help kind of participate with the, the whole Buckeye Talk community. Um, so 
find the link that we send out occasionally. I think it's on our Twitter bios, but also uh, just text to 614-350-3315 to sign up. It's $3.99 a month after a two-week free trial um, that you get to try out um, to, to see if you like it. And hopefully you do, because I think we've been bringing you some good content. So um, could, could I give people a little extra taste of the text for the absolutely. listeners here? Absolutely. Please do. Who are, who are not current subscribers. This is what you missed out on on Thursday if you are not subscribed to the texts. And I think the people who are subscribed to the texts will enjoy reliving this. I texted this. Howdy, Doug here. Favor time. Quick thanks in advance. Feeling good lately about us and you. Pod has a new logo. Recruiting added here. Um, movement toward a feasible college football season. We are always open for feedback on anything. Love when a texter checks in with suggestions, tweaks, ideas. So do this survey. I did that in all caps. Kidding. It's a small caps request. About five, six questions about how we're doing with the tech service. Your answers will make us better. Haven't hit you up like this before, and it won't be a regular thing. But if you have a moment, much appreciated. An avalanche of responses immediately, because the survey that I sent out when, they, when our texters clicked on it, it said the survey was already completed. So I screwed up the survey and immediately followed that with, ah, I screwed up the survey. Everyone is getting a screen that says the survey was already completed. Sorry, we'll resend in a bit. When I do, please feel free to comment, quote, Doug is an old man who doesn't understand technology and I am stunned that he manages to make this tech thing work even half the time, end quote, my bad. Next text, that was the second text. Third text, dear technology gods, please let this survey link work. I know many people hate surveys, and if I screw this one up more than once, nobody is going to complete it, and then I'll have to explain that to my bosses. My image as a young, hip texting expert is on the line. I now give myself over to the kindness and forgiveness of our loyal subscribers. Fingers crossed. Send out the survey. Same thing. Avalanche of responses. The survey is already showing up as completed. The last text about this, dear loyal Buckeye Talk subscribers, the survey link failed again. Doug Maurice has been fired for incompetence. Please return to your life and accept our apologies. That is the kind of interaction. God, can't, I'm just imagining people grabbing their phones right now and saying, I've got to be part of that. And the survey, I haven't sent it out again yet. I haven't gotten it fixed. So if you want to be part of this survey we're sending out, join now. And you can see if I can finally get the technology to work. But that people paid for that, guys. People paid money for me to send them four texts in an hour. God, $3.99 a month, and that's what I do to you. I apologize. My, my favorite part of all that was that we've been having conversations about what is the right volume of text to send yep. out in a day. Make sure they're high-quality texts and spread them out and don't – like, you know, don't give people too many texts. I think we all have had these experiences, right, where you're in that text thread with some friends and they're just sending around crap that you don't care about and your phone's blowing up and you're like, please stop. And we don't want to be those people, um, but we want to give everybody good value. And like literally within 24 hours of that, you are just sending out electronic diarrhea that is just blowing up and messing people's phones. Two people quit. Two people quit immediately. So, I was surprised it wasn't it's more. The most, it's the most counterproductive. It's, it's, you know, and we like to throw these at you every, what, like once every four months or so. Um, we like to just completely blow your phone up with uh, a bunch of texts that, that waste your time. Uh, so, you know, once a quarter, 
Once a quarter is that that's we're, not a bad ratio. Once a quarter we're gonna do something where you may want to quit, but stick with us anyway. And I have not texted you guys have both texted since my last text. Yep. And there are at least a couple people who are like, Was Doug really fired? Because they're like no, yeah. I, I'm like in hiding over my technology shame. So I apologize. And now not that only did I grind the text to a halt, I've ground this podcast to a halt with my technology failures. I feel like maybe you shouldn't text again until after this podcast goes up on Monday. And maybe we'll get like our biggest audience ever. People yeah. waiting around to see, did Doug Lee and Reese actually get fired? Especially since make- Nathan is hosting, so Doug's not going to be the first voice they yeah. hear. So then they're going to really get nervous. <laughs> Mark, I mean, if that's mark it down Monday, did Doug get fired? That's there a good. Is. That's a good podcast headline. I gotta tell you. Next week's mark it down Monday could be should Doug be fired? Should Doug? <laughs> when or uh, we want specificity, when, right? When, when should Doug be about. fired? Right. Uh, anyway, I apologize. Uh, but we are. So, are we trying to figure out the survey? Should people still look for the survey? Is it maybe going to go out? I think we're still yeah. looking for some way to do now it. I'm going right? to get the IT people to. Tell me what I did wrong. Okay. So it'll go out. It'll go out. Okay. And we, if you can take the time to send, to fill that out when it actually gets to you, we really appreciate it. It'll help us do our jobs better. I think we'll be able to bring more value to the texting going forward. Um, so back to the topic at hand. What is it? When will Ohio State win its next national championship and who will the quarterback be? It was a two part question, but I think that. It is important because if you don't pick 2020, it really opens up some interesting questions. So as always, we're going to start off. We're going to put ourselves on the spot first. We're going to get to your subscriber uh, responses in the second half of the pod. First half of the pod, we're putting ourselves on the spot. So I guess here's the first question. Did either of you pick Justin Fields in 2020 as your answer? I did not pick Justin Fields in 2020 as my answer. So this really is a two-part podcast. And that's part of why I like the question, even though there is an obvious answer. Because you're having to answer, do you think Ohio State's going to win the national championship this year? And that is, I I mean, I almost think like, is that not the number one question for every Ohio State fan right now? Not that it's not the number one question every year, because Ohio State is at a certain level, and that is the ultimate goal. But given how last year ended, given what's coming back, given the belief I think the vast majority of fans have in this coaching staff, given the expected um, increase in performance from Justin Fields that I think people have, even though he was so good last year, what's he going to be like in year two in this system? There are so many things in place. I mean, this is – all people care about all the other stuff we care about. We're doing position group breakdowns. We're do- it's, is it going to lead to a national title? So here we are in the middle of it. Still, we're opening up in the middle of a pandemic. We don't know if the full season's going to happen, but we're forcing ourselves to answer the question. Is Ohio state going to win the national title? And I guess in the end, my prediction is yes. So my answer is Justin Fields in 2020. And I have sketched out, a series of reasons why that is the case, but we can get into that later. But short answer, my answer was 2020 Justin Fields. My answer is not 2020 Justin Fields. 
but it almost was. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 one of those things where like they have it, it's completely plausible that they will win it in 2020, right? Well, yeah. I mean, um, they have so many of the things that you need to have to win a national championship in 2020. Um, my hesitation, though, is just Clemson sitting out there and still being the team that I think is still most likely to win the 2020 national championship. So the hard thing is the hard thing I think in a situation like this is when you are getting down to specificity is what what would make a future year any more likely than this year because, you know, unless you're building in an assumption that Clemson's going to take a step back or Bama's going to take a step back or something else is going to happen, if you're forcing yourself to assign a quarterback and a year to it, it's like, well – Justin Fields is one of the two best quarterbacks in the country, and they have a lot of good players right now. So the thing that's hard for me is if you're not saying 2020, it's mostly just because it's hard to protect any team to win a national title any year because that's a very hard and fast prediction. But why would saying 2022, why does that make more sense? Because when we get to 2022 or 2023 or 2026 – you're going to sit here and have other really good program X sitting out there in Ohio State's path, just like you do now. And so that's what led me to say, like, well, you know, we're making ourselves pull the trigger. I like a lot of what's in place. I'll pull the trigger for right now. Yeah, I didn't pick 2020 Justin Fields either. And for a lot of those same reasons Jason did, I don't think – I'm not sure that Clint – that Ohio State is a better team than Clemson, looking at things on paper right now. And while last year the better team probably didn't win that game, I think if they end up play, if that ends up being the national championship this year, I think the better team will win that game, and I think it might be Clemson. Doug is Doug Doug is right in that it's it, you know the strengths of this Ohio State team. You know they have a Heisman Trophy finalist coming back at quarterback. You know that they have two possible all-american caliber offensive lineman at least you know that they have real talent emerging at wide receiver um you know some of the other talent that exists you know sean wade etc but you also know with specificity what the potential weaknesses of this team are especially compared to what they had last year and i think you also know with specificity the strengths of some of the other teams out there doug is right that there will be a, you know, speculative nebulous team X that will be the team that is similarly Ohio State would have to get past in a future year. But we know how good Clemson is. And we know how good they are, I think, on, right now on both sides of the ball in a way that I'm not sure Ohio State is. I don't know if Ohio State's national championship caliber on defense as I sit here on May 22nd. The the one thing that I think is from, Ohio, from an Ohio State perspective um... – why you might lean future rather than right now, and it's something we've talked about a lot, is the running back position. And if you believe that Travion Henderson or Aaron Pryor or the combo of them is the second coming of Ezekiel Elliott at his best, is the reemergence of just a, an absolutely dominant Ohio State rushing attack, and if you believe that they are a step below that in 2020 with Trey Sermon, Master Teague, and, and Marcus Crowley, which I have said I believe they are a step below that, then that to me would be one reason to lean future, Right. Justin Fields is really good if you believe that C.J. Stroud or Kyle McCord or Jack Miller can be close to the Justin Fields level 
Yes, they have really good receivers, but you're going to anticipate they're going to have good receivers every year going forward as long as Brian Hartline is recruiting and developing. That's going to stay at the same level. So quarterbacks in the future, still good. Receiver in the future, still good. Stud is recruiting on the offensive line. They have a pipeline going there. They're going to be running top 100 national recruits through this offensive line. That'll still be good. And running back will elevate. And they're a little young on defense this year, but you believe in the consistent depth of talent at defense. And maybe there will be a year in the future where they're a little more veteran on defense then I think you can get specific of like, here are the couple things I don't see them having right now that I absolutely can envision them having, maybe not in 21 because they're going to be so young at quarterback, but in 22 or 23 where I do think as a full complete roster, the 22 or 23 team will be better than the 20 team. I think you could make that argument. So my pick, oh, I'll just go ahead and, and jump in. My pick is... Kyle McCord in 2023. That was my Ohio second State, pick. I think Ohio State will be a consistent playoff team through this whole period. It would not shock me at all if they won a national championship before that. But if I'm putting my name on it, I'm saying when that 2021 recruiting class is sophomores, when the 2020 group is juniors, and Kyle McCord in what could maybe be his first year as a starter at that point, but at least his, at that point, I guess it'd be his third season in college football. Um, because we don't know exactly what happened with the guys in front of him. Could be C.J. Stroud playing through 2022. We don't know. But I'm wait, based wait, on what wait, we wait, know. Wait. You're saying 23? Uh, yeah, I, wa- 23, I yes. wasn't saying the, that. The 20 guys, so the 20 class will be seniors. The 21 class will be juniors. Right. Okay, that's, sorry. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. 23, okay. um, that, that's where I'm putting my, my name on it. I think that's where you get the, the best – future mix of potential elite talent, potential um, significant experience, and then obviously just the combination of both those things at quarterback position too. I went Kyle McCord 2022 because this, you know, number one ranked recruiting class will be sophomores. Uh, Kyle McCord will have had a year under his belt being the starting quarterback because I think he's going to win the job in 2021, but that's – So we have completely coalesced around Kyle McCord. You – Stephen, you yeah. were like living in C.J. Stroud's I was. house I a was. month ago, and now you are giving – you went from I love C.J. Stroud to Kyle McCord is going to contend for – This was not easy. This was not easy. Yes, this was not easy at all. What changed your mind? What what is it? What, you're all in on Kyle McCord now as the future of Ohio State quarterback. Why? I th- what, the the progression he's had over the last few months here and developing into a five star recruit. He wasn't the five star top twenty five player in the country when he first committed, or even six months ago when it, you know C J Stroud first came into existence for Ohio State, and you know you put that talent that he's developing into where he's probably going to, by the end of this, he might end up competing to be the number one ranked quarterback in his class. Combine that with what he's coming in with, along with what else is already going to be at the roster, along with the only edge that CJ Stroud and Jack Miller were going to have over Kyle McCord is that they had been here for a full spring football. That's gone. So their edge is gone because it's, yeah they're going to have some snaps during the season but they're going to be garbage time snaps when they just want to take Justin Fields out so he doesn't get hurt. So there's not going to be this major edge that those two are going to have over them so it's going to be a level playing field 
And I think he might be able to edge those two out. I don't know. I think even having a, a compromised season in terms of length of practices and games is still a big edge over guys coming in next spring, uh, potentially. But I, I still pick McCord. And that's the reason the kind of why I picked 23 and three again, if I'm putting my name on it, <laughs> that felt like the safest call to me because I think that that, that opens the door for Stroud to um, have played through his or, or Miller, whoever wins a job to play through their junior year and then leave. And then McCord becomes a starter in 2023 if he hasn't done it before then. But, but Nathan, now I'm going to push you on your point. So your point is that McCord would not be the starting quarterback his first two years, but yet him being a starter in year one, Year one as a starter, year three in the program in 23, they would have a better chance to win the national title in the first year of Kyle McCord starting instead of the second year of C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller starting. And if Kyle McCord's that much better than them, then why didn't he just beat them out to begin with? Yeah, the, those are fair points. I, I, again, I think it's just when you it's 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 about trying to envision the the balance of talent on the roster as a whole. It's not just about the quarterback play. I don't know. I I mean, I agree with that. Uh, I I do agree with that. Um, It's just fascinating to try to imagine how this quarterback thing is going to play out because now we're down another road of if Kyle McCord is not the starter, will he sit for two years hoping Mm -hmm. that the guy ahead of him is going to start for two years and go pro after year three that like, what if CJ Stroud, or Jack Miller, the winner of that battle. We're assuming the other one's gone. They want to come back as a senior. Now Kyle McCord's going. I I don't know. I almost think threading the needle on McCord in 2023 is almost hard because I think maybe the best chance for 2023. I don't know. I didn't. McCord should have been. That means McCord's been the. That's he's in his at least second year. You yeah. said McCord in his first year as a starter. That, I think, is the particularly difficult needle to thread. 20 I think I, McCord year one. I actually think I said it could be the one, right? It could be his first year as a starter if he, if he hasn't already won the job by then. I think what you're also then assuming that, to, the, to Doug's point, that whoever wins the job between C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller is, you know, in a position where they should leave after their third year. I think another interesting question here is, you know, we, we're all kind of assuming, you know, C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller, there's a battle brewing. Whoever wins that job is the presumptive starter for 2021. I think even if that person beats Kyle McCord, a true freshman Kyle McCord out in 2021, depending on how that season goes, it's, it's completely up in the air that McCord could win that starting job for 2022, right? Even with that Absolutely. previous starter still on the yeah. roster. So I think there, there is a lot that's still very much up in the air as far as the how that quarterback thing plays out in future years. And so because of that, for me, this became about where is, where are we going to have the maximum um, sort of fusion between the great just talent that's coming into this program, rankings wise, recruiting wise over the next couple of years and the experience of those players. I think both of those things are important factors on winning a national championship, not the quarterback play elite quarterback play can obviously carry you there. But I think this is if you're putting your name on it, if you're making a pick, and maybe I'm making, I'm being too cautious still. But that's where I'm. That's where I'm seeing just the all of the potential factors lining up the best. The hard thing at Ohio State now with a question like this is that there is really, and we've discussed this a million times, there is no such thing as a peak. 
It's just always right. a peak. Right. And so as soon as you think like, well, I'm looking at this class and these classes together and they're building to this and then you miss it by a year. If we would have done this several years ago, we would have said with the 2013 recruiting class, we would have said 2015 when those guys are in year three. And it turns out they want it in year two and then they had everybody back in year three and they screwed it up. Um, so I'm like, and I've said, I'm done playing the game of like, well, this is the target year. Cause there's no such thing as a target year, but, but we're, ha we're making ourselves pick a target year, but it's just like, you know, sort of what I said, you expect with Brian Hartline, they're always going to be good at receiver with the way they're recruiting on the offensive line. They're always going to be good on the line. They're always going to be good at quarterback. They're get, they have a blip at running back. They're always going to be good at running back. They're always going to have a pass rusher. Kerry Combs is back. They're always going to have corners. Al Washington's getting rolling. They're always going to have run linebackers. So some of this is like it's almost futile because every year they could win it. They really could. I mean, every year they're a national title contender, like almost by definition. And so to make us put a year on it is almost like flipping a coin. And now it's now I'm sounding like we shouldn't be doing this when all I want to do is make us do this. Nathan's well, this like. Well, I agree with everything you just said, Doug. Then why are you making me do this? But that's why, that's why this is such a, a potentially great exercise, I think. And hopefully our reader, our listeners who are listening agree. Because really, there's like, how many permutations are there for this, for, for this answer just through 2023, right? You could have three possible answers this year, right? Fields or Stroud or Miller, if you really believe that one of them, if something went wrong with Justin Fields, could come in and, and win, the, win a national championship. Although that's a hard thing to like speculate on um and then two more three more options for 2021 stroud miller mccord three more options for 2022 stroud miller mccord and that's if they aren't getting someone in that 2021 class who would also be on campus right i mean so there's there's like what like when you get out to 2023 you're talking about like 14 or 15 possible answers you could give to this question and pretty much all of them are legitimate let me ask a question which is directly related to what you just said, Nathan. You look at what Georgia did with the quarterback position in recent years. They had Jacob Eason playing as a freshman. Then the next year, Jake Fromm comes in. He ends up playing as a freshman. Then the next year, Justin Fields is there. Eason transfers because they let Fromm keep the job. Fields transfers because they let Fromm keep the job. Fromm ends up being like, pretty good, not great, and then leaves for the NFL, and now Georgia has Wake Forest's transfer quarterback, and I just saw someone put out a list of the best quarterbacks in college football for 2020, and Jamie Newman is third. It's Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and the third best quarterback is the Wake Forest guy who just transferred to Georgia. But it's not any of the three guys they brought in, and Eason ends up being pretty good at Washington. We know what Justin Fields is doing, but it's like Georgia had all this quarterback talent and I've never criticized them for not playing Justin Fields and sticking with Fromm because I felt like, man, it's just hard to figure that out. Is it possible that Ohio State and Ryan Day, not that they screw it up, but that they have so much quarterback talent, they kind of just miss on getting the exact right fit? And just how difficult do you think this Jack Miller, C.J. Stroud, Kyle McCord thing might be It'll be a good problem to have, but like, might it maybe be a problem? Yes. In 21 yes. and 22? 
I yes, there is a scenario where Ohio State is in the exact same position as Georgia two years from now if they just pick, I mean you have three guys who before Jack Miller was hurt he was he was on his way to being a top one hundred guy so you got th- two top one hundred quarterbacks and another guy who if it wasn't for injuries would be a top one hundred guy as well you just pick the wrong one of the three the other two transfer and maybe you know whoever that one you pick leaves after his third year and you have to go find a transfer. There is a scenario where that happens mainly because we don't know who their 2022 quarterback is yet. They've only offered four people in that class so far. And because of the pandemic we're in right now, Mark Pantone spoke to it. You recruit quarterbacks different and you haven't been able to get a true evaluation because a lot of these guys aren't even starting on their own high school teams yet. So combine that with just picking the wrong guy. There is a scenario where, 2022 or 2023 rolls around and because you know they I guess picked the the wrong of the three choices they're in the same predicament as Georgia it is interesting though let's go back to the 2018 national championship game Alabama beats Georgia 35 to 28 Jake Fromm goes 25 of 39 301 yards three touchdowns no interceptions and they lose by a touchdown, but it doesn't sure doesn't look like it's because of quarterback play. And that's with a, a freshman quarterback coming in and kind of, you know, getting thrown into it and having great success as a freshman. It's only kind of in retrospect that now we look at Georgia and say, well, maybe they made some wrong decisions. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why they didn't weren't able to capitalize in the following years. And obviously they weren't even in the playoff this past year. Um, and, and Justin Fields' success obviously plays into that, too. But on that night, it, it sure didn't look like a problem. It didn't look like a problem for that season, and it didn't look like it was going to be one going forward. And that's kind of also what I look at with Ohio State coming up, is that if the rest of the talent is significant enough, and I want to be careful about what I'm saying. I'm not saying you can have bad quarterback play, but I'm also saying that you don't necessarily have to have the – you maybe. I, I'm not that worried about necessarily the quarterback being the most elite or whatever that kind of nebulous thought is. Oh. I think if, if the rest of the talent is great, Disagree. I think you can still win a national championship. Disagree. Haven't we had 400 conversations about how the playoff was Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, yeah, and Justin no. Fields? Yeah, you need to have NFL level. Yeah, but it was Jake Fromm almost winning a national championship as a freshman too is what I'm saying. You're right. And then he regressed every year since then. And Clearly wasn't an NFL level but talent. That wasn't why they didn't win it that night in that year. They lost to That's an NFL level talent. Because Tua came in and let him. Yeah. Led Alabama back. Tua was ten of twenty five for one hundred sixty four yards with a touchdown and two picks that night. Jake Fromm was the better quarterback in that game. Jalen Hurts was past, the better. Jalen Hurts was better than Tagovailoa that I, night. I, that was kind of the wrinkle there that they have two guys. So but I'll, Fromm I'll, had a. Go ahead. Um, I will primarily hold my dispute to where college football is right now. I would dispute the idea of you don't need an elite quarterback. And if your quarterback, as long as your quarterback is pretty good, you can still win. I I think that is. Well, that's what I want to be sure, because that's not, not necessarily what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I don't think that. Wait, that, wait, 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 you said, what were the stats for that game? This the, is the, the national championship game. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm looking at the SEC championship game. Yeah, yeah, the Na- national championship. Yeah, Tua was 14 of 24, 166 for three touchdowns. From threw two picks with 232, and he was 16 of 32. Right, I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong game. Okay, well that screws up that whole segment. Interesting, interesting, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah. They, they lost to an NFL level support. It's from the wrong game. <laughs> they lost to an NFL level talent. That's that's why. 
I, I feel less bad about four stupid tweets now. Um, <laughs> but going forward, and, 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 you know, here's the thing. I mean, Nathan, there's an exception to every rule, right? I mean, like, will we see a team win a national championship without an NFL quarterback? Yeah, I mean, that's that's absolutely could happen. But I guess my, my main point is, is it possible that Ohio State having three very viable candidates and picking the wrong one, and not that the wrong one is bad, just that the the wrong one turns out to be not the best one. Just like Georgia would say, of those three, who wound up being the best quarterback? Justin Fields wound up yeah. being the best quarterback, and that's not the guy they picked. Is it possible that they could wind up in all good faith making the wrong decision, and it could cost them chances at a national title? I would say that's possible. I, I will say that that's possible. Um, just to, just to, for a clarification, it was 26, 23 in overtime was a game I meant mm. to click on um, that Alabama beat Georgia for the national championship. I'm just saying that I, again, I, we're, I don't want to, I don't want to get in a situation where we're talking circles again, but I just, I feel like you've got three great quarterbacks on your roster. And if you, you can pick the one in one year that can win a national championship championship for you, that may not be, the one who is ultimately the best quarterback in, in their college football careers. And it's funny. We went through a season last year where Ohio state had one quarterback on its roster. And all we were, all we did all year was talk about what if he gets hurt? What if he gets hurt? What are they going to do? They don't have a backup quarterback and they wound up being fine because yes, he did get hurt, but he was never hurt enough that they would have played the backup, even if the backup was awesome. And now we're talking about what if they have three great quarterbacks? What are they going to do? That's too many quarterbacks. But I do think that it just is possible that, you know, for instance, at running, well, they have Pryor and Travion Henderson. It's like you don't want to put all your eggs in the basket of one quarterback, like in case he gets hurt or in case he's kind of a whiff. But on the other hand, if you put all the eggs in one basket and you really believe in that basket, it's like, let's go. All the eggs wound up in Trevor Lawrence's basket. They kind of – they held off on starting him as a true freshman because Kelly Bryant was back, but they kind of knew Trevor Lawrence was better, mm -hmm. and they went to him pretty quickly. And then his sophomore and junior years, it's like Trevor Lawrence is the guy. Like there's no doubt about it. There's no maneuvering, whatever. And, and there was never really any other choice. Chase Bryce, the guy who transferred to Duke, it's not like there was a competition. Trevor Lawrence was the guy. And that worked out really well for Clemson, and that's how they did it. It's just going to be interesting to see how they pick the guy for 2021. And the complicating factor will be if it becomes clear at some point that the starter in 2021 isn't automatically the starter in 2022. And the main scenario of that is the starter in 21 is Strouder Miller. Let's say the other one transfers just because McCord is a year younger and he doesn't have as much experience. But by 2022, you're kind of like, man, McCord really might be better. He might have to be, he might be able to beat out the incumbent quarterback. That would be a really difficult decision for Ryan Day to make because in that direct scenario, let's say CJ Stroud wins the job in 21. CJ Stroud becomes Jake Fromm. Kyle McCord becomes Justin Fields. And are you going to make the switch? Georgia didn't. And maybe that's where you risk kind of winding up picking the wrong guy. Or maybe you go to Kyle McCord, you tick off CJ Stroud, he leaves, and he's awesome somewhere else. So I'm just fascinated to see how Ryan Day handles it. Not to be stupid about it, too much talent can be an issue. It's not really a problem, 
but it can be something that a coach has to solve. And you can absolutely see how it could happen that there will be, quote, too much talent at quarterback in the next year or two. Yeah, I think issue and problem are, are two different things. And I think I think issue is the is the thing that will be there no matter what you do, if you're doing it right, almost like you're almost at every position, you're, you're hopefully bringing in enough talent that it's a quote unquote issue, whether or not it becomes a problem. That is what decides how well the coach handled the situation, I think. And I think that in, in how Ryan Day and I guess to a lesser extent, Corey Dennis handle this going forward, really, it's Ryan Day at the end of the day, being the head coach. I think that's that decision as you're looking at 2021, 2022, I think it potentially defines a pretty important stretch early in his tenure at Ohio State, how he, how they handle that issue and whether it becomes a problem. Because in 2015, they had two good quarterbacks and the issue became a problem. Let's take a break right there. We're going to come back. We're going to talk, um, share our readers, uh, our, I always call them readers. I guess they do read the text, but share our subscribers' opinions and their votes and kind of add some of our insight along with that. Stay with us on Buckeye Talk. We're back on Buckeye Talk. We are talking about who will be the quarterback when Ohio State wins its next national championship. As we talked about, there's one obvious answer, and our tech subscribers agreed. 68.6% of the vote went to Justin Fields in 2020. Does that surprise you guys? No. No. And when you're ready for it, Nathan, I have my list of reasons why 2020 is a good answer. Let me – I'm going to go through some of the, the, the answers here that we got from our texters, and I'm going to come back to you. Um, because I, I really – some of our – some of you out there who, who were uh, sharing your, your opinions really embraced the idea of Market Down Monday and got us some great specificity. Uh, here's one from the 216. The betting favorite has to be next year with Fields. We already know he's great and he should be get even better next season. With all the offensive talent they have, they should be as good as anyone. Um, in addition, if the Oregon game is scrapped, there's a limit on fans at games. It makes the Penn State whiteout significantly less daunting. I'd have to say this year is a favorite by a lot, plus 200. And then maybe 2022 is C.J. Stroud in his second year, plus 475, and the sophomores from the 2021 class. I want to say a lot of the people who were saying Justin Fields 2020 also were saying – Within the next two or three years, they were putting down another year and another quarterback. Um, from the 864, uh, Matt from the 864, Justin Fields in 2020. Ohio State will have the number one offense in the country, march to an undefeated regular season, claim the number one seed in the playoffs, wax number four Alabama in the semifinal 38 to 10, and avenge the loss to Clemson in the national championship by a final score of 45 to 28. Mark it down. That is specificity. You're getting down to, to yeah. final scores and opponents in the semifinal and the championship. I like that specificity um, and plausible specificity. A hundred percent plausible. Like all of that makes sense. Um, our buddy Luke in Denver from the five seven zero. Ohio State will win a national championship in twenty twenty with Fields. Buckeyes will win in twenty twenty two with McCord and twenty twenty three with McCord. I love oh. the comparison of McCord coming in as a true freshman like Trevor Lawrence. Mark it down. Oh, and McCord is going to come in as a true freshman and beat Miller and Stroud. Um, a, a lot of answers. Like, yeah, I wasn't ready to take it there yet, but I can understand why. Someone but, goes. I mean, so so that's there is unbridled enthusiasm for this coming era of Ohio State football. That's what, really what I got from actually last week's answers and this week's answers. Um, and then also Chris in Baltimore who kicked it off. I read this text and got super excited once I realized it was my question. In the spirit of putting your name on it, I'm going to go with 2020. Sorry, 2020. The quarterback will be Justin Fields. I feel like this question is, 
I like this question, but it's tough. Well, it was your question, Chris. Uh, part of me wanted to go with 2021 or 22, but looking at the scholarship chart, I think 2020 has the best combination of veterans and young talent throughout the entire team. I think the big difference maker is quarterback. If we get a season, I think Fields will have the ability and leadership to put his team on his back when he need him the most. The defense has some unknowns. I think there's a great amount of upside and talent on this squad. Also looking around the college football landscape, I think the usual suspects will be in the playoff mix. I think this 2020 squad can compete with any of those teams. So, Doug, kind of break down what you feel like are the reasons why 2020 is the most plausible or is the best answer. Okay, so – I, there's several categories. One is, and this is what you need to win a national title. One is the schedule. Does the schedule set up for it, right? I think the point about, do you guys believe that sort of what's happening with the coronavirus, does it actually help Ohio State because it, it, it's possible that, A, the road trip to Oregon is scrapped, or the road trip to Oregon doesn't have fans or at least not as many fans in the stands? Is all that a positive for Ohio State potentially that the game that we have talked about is potentially the toughest game? And the same thing for at, on the road at, at Penn State. The fact that some of these road trips might not be as difficult because of a lack of fans, is that actually a good thing for Ohio State? Yeah, because it takes, I mean, home field advantage is a real thing, especially with that Penn State. That's part of what you're fighting is the whiteout crowd. So, yeah, you take that factor away, then it, 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 it turns into, you know, a, largely Watts, you know, scrimmage, basically. And you know, it's a lot easier to handle. You're not worried about what Michigan had to deal with when they went and they had to call timeout in the first play because the crowd was too loud that they couldn't hit snap. I also think that in terms of the Oregon game, you could argue that the benefit, quote-unquote benefit, of the coronavirus effect of that game may have already happened with what happened this spring because Ohio State's going to have the second-year advanced quarterback in that game. Oregon will not. And, and not having a spring to help that guy get prepared helps Ohio State. So there are four road games in the Big Ten are Michigan State, Penn State. That's back-to-back. That's a tough combo. Michigan State, Penn State, that Penn State is the second of consecutive road games. Um, that's not easy. And then Maryland and Illinois, those, those two games are pretty easy. I just think even without the coronavirus stuff, even if it's normal, I just think the schedule helps set, help set you up a little bit because as much as we talked about as, you know, I think Stephen and I have said, you know, Oregon's the toughest game. I think maybe, Nathan, you've said Penn State, but like Oregon, you probably maybe can lose that game even on the road and still get there if you get, if you get through the Big Ten. So I just think the schedule is kind of in place. Number two is offense, right? Is their offense good enough to be a national championship offense? Like everybody agrees yes, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. All right, three is the defense. Is the defense good enough? Well, they're losing Jeff Okuda and Chase Young. We've talked about that a lot. They've got their linebackers back, Sean Wade back there, a bunch of five high four-star guys in the 2018 class in year three, Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith. Like, they don't, I don't know that they need to be the best defense in the country for them to win a national championship. And we've talked about the questions a million times, but I don't, we don't think it's going to be like the 2018 defense. So, like, is the defense good enough? Yeah, I think, like, on a surface level, good enough to win a national championship with an offense like this? I think yes. Like, is there a huge disagreement to that? No, and, and while I have hesitations about the defense, and it's one of the reasons why I didn't pick 2020, I, I think it's completely plausible that something plays out very similar to last season. Because, obviously, I started on this beat right before the season, and I noticed a definite shift between how we talked about Ohio State. And, and again, it was a team that was thought to be a playoff contender with, with some national championship aspirations from the beginning. But there was a difference between how we talked about Ohio State a day before the season started 
and then like after the Cincinnati game, right? Because of some things that we had seen that team actually go out and do on the field. I think it, it, it made the potential dominance of that defense more apparent. So I think that same kind of thing could play out this year where there are a lot of questions that get answered early this season and maybe we reframe a little bit how we look at this team. But right now I still think there are enough question marks from a, from a, at a national championship standard to wonder if they can get it done. There's question marks, but they aren't detrimental where, you know, I don't think this defense is bad enough to where they're going to have to worry about a Purdue situation. I don't and, think it's I don't think it's even, necessarily a Purdue or even situation, a, but or even a Maryland situation where you got to keep scoring because your defense can't tackle to save its life. I think this is a playoff team. I don't think this is a team that's going to fall on its face against on the road against Illinois or something. I'm just saying that as far as winning a national championship, do you have the defense to do that? I, I still have questions about that. So fourth is coaching, and so you know Kerry Combs first time calling the defense. That's kind of an issue. I think a lot of people have belief in in Kerry Combs. I don't think. Kerry Combs is going to keep this team from winning a national championship. I have a question about Corey Dennis. Like everybody loves Corey Dennis. Justin Fields loves Corey Dennis. If somehow in the middle of the season, Justin Fields isn't quite as sharp or something is off. It's like, Oh, first year quarterbacks coach. Maybe that's an issue. That's, that's a, a something of a red flag to me that young of a coach uh, at a position that important. There's obviously a lot of belief in Corey Dennis within the program, but compared to, for instance, 2015, where they lost their offensive coordinator and they bring in Tim Beck and Ed Warner and that falls apart, or compared to 2018, when they have Alex Grinch and Greg Schiano was supposed to leave and they have their heads up their butts about like they can't do anything defensively. And I, I don't think there's a gigantic coaching issue. So like there have been times when the talent has been enough and coaching in rec the recent era has held back Ohio State. I don't think that's going to be the case in, in 2020. So do you guys think the coaching is going to be good enough? Yes. Yeah. I, yes. I, and I don't even necessarily have as many concerns with Corey Dennis for this season as, as, as being a factor, just because I feel like I think Ohio state can only win a national championship this year. If Justin Fields is healthy playing all the way through. And I think that is it close enough to already being kind of a completed product. I don't know that, Corey Dennis is Corey Dennis's coaching makes the difference as far as Fields' execution this season. I think Corey Dennis would have to go out his way to find every single way that he can mess up Justin Fields' you know progression in order for Justin Fields to not be good this year. So Baker Mayfield was really good as a rookie, and then he had a first-year quarterbacks coach in year two, and he didn't know his butt from his elbow. So you know there is daily, weekly coaching with game plans and getting guys ready and keeping guys on task that I think does matter. But I, I do not think that's going to derail Ohio State to the point of that's why they don't win a national championship. So number five, just like weird stuff, like that's the thing. There's weird stuff. We had it. I was screaming at people about there's no asterisk, but like it's weird. Who knows what could be the thing? I mean, Justin Fields might test positive for coronavirus in week four. You know, I mean, like the weird factor, I think just you would apply that to any team. If they have a season, somebody has to win the national championship. But I think there's, there's more of a potential monkey wrench factor in 2020 as opposed to a normal year, which whenever you have monkey wrenches, that maybe hurts the favorite because on a completely normal level playing field, you'd probably say, I'll just take the team with the best talent. Like the monkey wrench factor I think is real. I think you have to account for it to some small degree. But again, if we're arguing, well, this is why I picked 2023 Nathan you picked 2023 Steven you picked 2022 over 2020 if you said just because this year is jacked up and in the future when it's back to normal 
I'll lean on the favorite in a normal year. I think that's reasonable, right? So how much do you would you account for who knows what weird stuff might happen? It's a well, small it's a small factor just cuz you're right. Anything anything goes this year, you know. What if, you know, Justin tests positive for coronavirus and, you know, two days before they play Oregon, then what? You know, and, and, and you know, he's got a quarantine for 14 days which takes him out for two weeks now. So yeah, there's too much that can just randomly happen that has nothing to do with football. So you can use that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the monkey wrench factor is, is real, but it also kind of swings both ways. I think we saw that last year. I mean, you look at the Fiesta bowl, it looked like the monkey wrench factor might be uh, Higgins getting hurt for Clemson early on in that game. Right. And that was going to change the complexion. And then the monkey wrench factor becomes JK Dobbins and Sean Wade and the, the Jordan Fuller fumble recovery. And, and Clemson probably has some other things that they feel like would, would be monkey wrenches. So I think it swings both ways and it's, it's, it's hard to, I think it kind of washes out. That it's it, when you're making a prediction, I don't know how much I can really include that one way or the other. So then the final component is the competition and that matters every year. So here's the deal on this. And I know that I wrote this and I said this, and we talked about this last year. I thought maybe last year, Ohio state was facing a Clemson team that wasn't quite at its peak, especially defensively. The defensive line was so young. I also think going into that game, I didn't quite know what Isaiah Simmons was, That it turns out that Isaiah Simmons is like a, Defensive end safety linebacker plays every position at the same time. He had the one pick on Justin Fields that maybe nobody else makes a pick on that. Like he's bonkers. So it's like, yeah, Ohio State's really going to miss Chase Young. I don't think Clemson has another Isaiah Simmons sitting around down there. So in the NFL draft, Ohio State had seven players taken in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. Clemson had six. Clemson returned six starters on each side of the ball. On offense, they basically have all their skill guys back. They have Trevor Lawrence. They have ATN, Travis ATN at running back. They have two of their three best receivers uh, in Justin Ross and Amari Rogers. They don't have T Higgins back. Their tight end is back, but Jackson Carmen is the only offensive lineman back. They're replacing four starters on the offensive line. So that's an issue. Mm-hmm. And then defensively, they have their whole front four back, which we said last year, they were young. They weren't as good as a normal Clemson front four, but they only have two of their back seven back. And they lost not only Isaiah Simmons at linebacker, they lost A.J. Terrell at cornerback, was the 16th pick. Tanner Muse, the safety who tracked down J.K. Dobbins, he's a third rounder. Kayvon Wallace, a fourth rounder, also in the secondary. So they have some rebuilds. not like Clemson is coming back fully formed. So, yes, Ohio State's going to miss Chase Young and Jeff Okuda, but Clemson's going to miss some of theirs guys too. And we always talk about offensive line. Ohio State has a much more experienced offensive line now all of a sudden in 2020 than Clemson does. So yes, Clemson is Clemson, but you know, I'm, I think to the point made earlier of like last year, we thought Ohio state was the better team than Clemson. And maybe that's not true anymore. I don't know that it's not true anymore. And I will say this, I think it's possible that the biggest roadblock for Ohio state in 2020 is not Clemson. I think it might be something that we have not seen in a very long time, which is angry Alabama. Mm. Alabama missed the playoff for the first time. That is not what Alabama does. Alabama had a gazillion injuries on defense. Yes, Alabama lost Tua, but Mac Jones got some experience last year. They lost two receivers to the NFL, but the guy they have left might be the best, the best receiver. People are comparison to Marvin Harrison. Devonta Smith might be the best receiver in college football. Like, 
I think Bama might be loaded for bear, and there is an this emotional component to college football. Saban is pounding all that stuff into the heads of these guys. So I actually think, yes, Clemson is really good. They also have some losses. Um, so I just think that, you know, if you're considering, well, the reason I'm not picking Ohio State is because there's other good teams in their path. Here's my final point on this. When Ohio State's good, they've been as good as the best teams in the country. In 2014, when they got their shot at Bama, they beat them. In 2019, they got their shot at Clemson. They were better than Clemson, and stuff went against them. In 2016, that was not the best of Ohio State. The 2020 Ohio State team is going to be better than the 2016 team. If it's not, they're not going to win the national title. But they're a better offense. They have better play calling. They have a more dynamic quarterback. They're going to be better. And that has never been really what has been the roadblock to Ohio State. Their best is as good as anyone's best. It's kind of more about getting there and taking their shot. So I just think there are a lot of things in place that lead Justin Fields in 2020 to be a very logical answer to this question. I'm going to get to a couple other uh, responses, and then we're going to talk to some of the – we're going to go beyond 2020, some of the the other popular answers. But uh, from the 614 – 2020, Justin Fields, 2021, C.J. Stroud, 2022, C.J. Stroud, 2023, Common Accord, 2024, LeBron James Jr., who decides yeah. to play quarterback at OSU instead of going to the G League. That's the kind of specificity I really enjoy. Actually, in all seriousness, to say they were voting 2020 with Fields and 2022 with C.J. Stroud. And then another one, and, and Doug, this kind of gets to what you were talking about it, it was some of the, the speculation. Uh, from the 419, Justin Fields in 2020, any other answer is a wild-ass guess that is not based on any existing evidence. So my second guess is my grandson Jackson in 2040. That is almost as much validity as anyone picking Stroud, Miller, or McCord. But plenty of people did. Uh, like I said, 68.6% voted for 2020 with Justin Fields. The next highest vote-getter was the one that Steven picked, 2022 with C.J. Stroud. That got 11.4% of the vote. That was the one that I almost picked as well. I decided to push back to 2023. Why Steven, I guess, why 2022 with Stroud instead of 2022? I guess, I'm sorry, you picked McCord, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. You picked McCord. Um, we talked about this, I guess, before about the, the, the balance of the CJ Stroud versus Jack Miller and who's going to win that job and what that means for for the near future. This is to me, another example of, of the, 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 the confidence that people seem to have that is built in CJ Stroud coming in as a guy who's going to come in and win this job, the backup job this fall, and then obviously carry it forward. This 2022 seemed like a, a reasonable target for when he could lead Ohio state to a national championship. If he's the starter. Yeah. Because it's, you know, what, it'll be his second year as a start as a starting quarterback for Ohio state. And a lot of the talent around him in 2020 and 2021, those guys will be, juniors and sophomores by that point so yeah they'll be similar to 2017 where if guys you know develop the way we that they should develop as four and five star guys a lot of these guys will be peaking and be you know the NFL level talent that they should be while the guys behind them will probably be on their way to that so there's enough talent around him and being a third year guy in the program and a second year starter to where they should be in a similar position as 2017 and be one probably the number one team in the country there was some real specificity in a couple of these answers in the, from the 512. In 2020, we lose to Clemson in the final on inexperienced cornerback play. 2021, we come close to making the playoffs but lose to Penn State in the year with a Rose Bowl win. 
2022, we put it together with Stroud at the helm, unbelievable wide receiver play, running back, lightning, lightning, and the defense finally gels. We send Dabo crying back home to South Carolina where he spends a night crying to his mom as they sleep in the same bed, just like in college. In parentheses, true story, look it up. I did not look it up. So I don't know what they're talking about with that. Story. So we'll just assume that it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody really doesn't like Davos. <laughs> and from from the five one seven super odd response, but here goes nothing. I have a super weird feeling that the Bucks won't win the title this year because Justin Fields will miss a game or two due to a positive coronavirus test. I don't know why they think Justin Fields is more susceptible to coronavirus than the average player, or maybe that's not what they're saying. But uh, that's the second time in five minutes that's come up on this podcast, and I know because that's how about. That's how sports works. The best, it's never like the lo, the middle of the pack guy. It's the right. best possible talent on your team is who you who is now taken away because of some something, and so now the rest of the guys have to step their level up. It's literally the Mighty Ducks entire you know clock line. Judd so, Judd Bushler didn't eat the poison pizza. Michael Jordan <laughs> ate the poison pizza. Yeah, it's it's never gonna be a role player. But I'm just fun. saying, we've always been squeamish about speaking things into existence, and that's twice in five minutes on this podcast, <laughs> and maybe we need to Yeah, to Pablo, watch if Pablo, if Pablo Fields is listening, we're, we apologize for, you know, speaking ill will. Uh, three votes for 2021 with C.J. Stroud and 2023 with McCord, which is what I voted for. Um, could, could Ohio State, based on what we know about this roster, win in 2021 a national championship with C.J. Stroud as a first-year starter? Uh, of all the options to consider, that is the one that I did not consider at all. And in that I did consider it was like, well, not 2021, which we know we have enough examples of young quarterbacks doing it. We, we know that. Um, but I just think in the great wide range of possibilities, um, either either two second-year guys who had their first years limited by coronavirus or a, a true freshman leading them to a national championship when like the running backs are going to be true freshmen also. And I know, you know, Garrett Wilson and Julian Fleming and all those guys are going to be good, but, but like Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers are going to be gone. I just think of all the years to me, that is significantly less probable than 20, 22 or 23. I think 21 is way down the list. I think a scenario where it's possible. I I agree with you. It's a slim thing because of all those things you just named everybody in the, in the secondary not named Sean Wade is really good is good in 2020 but not you know Marshawn Lattimore step level good where you know they take that third year leap and all of a sudden they're you know first round draft picks but they're good enough to where you know Kerry Combs can go and say hey if you come back another year you can do what Sean Wade did and turn that come back another year and be a first round pick and then that also happens to Tyreek Smith and then Zach Harrison just completely blows up as a third year guy so maybe a lot of these guys on the defensive inside, the defensive side of the ball in that 2018 class would have to be really good in 2020, but not quite as good as maybe they could be in maximizing their NFL draft potential. And I sent a text to our subscribers about this uh, several days ago. Uh, when you look at the other quarterbacks in the Big Ten that you would expect to be starting in 2021, um, if you think Dylan McCaffrey is going to emerge as the Michigan quarterback in 2020, he would probably be back for a final year at Michigan in 2021. So Michigan would be more experienced at quarterback. Sean Clifford might be in year three as a starter at Penn State by then. Michael Penix at Indiana, who showed some big upside last year, might be a, in year three as a starter at Indiana by then. 
Uh, Talia Tonga-Vailoa, who just transferred from Alabama to his younger brother, transferred from Alabama to Maryland. He's going to sit out this year. He'll probably be Maryland's quarterback in 2021, and he won't have a lot of playing experience, but he'll have had a year of Alabama and a year of practice at Maryland. I just think there are going to be some other situations. The best way for teams to spring upsets a lot of the time is to have an experienced, talented quarterback who's been playing for a bunch of years and is peaking at a time when maybe the more talented team is young at quarterback. And I just there, I just think there might be a couple things in place like that in 2021 where, I mean, here we are. It's like, let's predict Ohio State's record in 2021. Uh, it, it maybe feels like that could just be one of those 10 and two years for Ohio State where like, Indiana gets them for the one time in 40 years and they also lose to either Penn state or Michigan and they're good, but they're young at a couple key spots and they're building and they're not quite playoff caliber. That's how I sort of am projecting the future right now. I want to get to a couple outlier responses before we shut things down uh, from the two one Oh, I'm really pulling up from half court with this one, 2023 with freshman quarterback Quinn Ewers. So completely off the board from what we were yeah. thinking about before. So is that a rec- somebody, is that a rec- somebody who has not even committed to Ohio State. Um, Stephen, from what you know of Quinn Ewers, does that seem like a, a reasonable expectation? I mean, if yeah, he's the number two player in his class, the number one pro-style quarterback out of Texas, and he's one of, like I said, four guys they've offered. But, I mean, that still leads down the, the conversation of a true freshman winning a national championship. So, I'm not – I wouldn't, you know, bank on it at this point. You know what? That that may be somebody who's just trying to to um, play the spoiler or or, or go yeah. off the board a little bit, but I appreciate that because they're, they're not putting their name on it necessarily, but they're putting themselves out there. Um, and then two votes for Ohio State will not win a national championship through at least 2023. Um from the 616, Ohio State will not win another national championship in the next five years. The offense is great, but LSU showed even with the best passing attack in history, defense wins championship. Defense is the most important part of the team. And then they kind of go into why they think that Ohio State has been bringing in a lot of great offensive talent, but maybe not on defense. And the, the, the it's the defense that's going to ultimately hold them back. How do you guys, I guess, view the offense versus the defense? in the future here in the next few years? Because I think, especially when you start talking about that 2021 class and what they're potentially building on this defensive line and, and in the secondary too, potentially, um, there is some some real elite talent potentially coming into this program on the defensive side. I don't think defensive talent is an issue for Ohio State. No. Do if If that does come to fruition, though, if we get through 2023 and Ohio State has not won another national championship, guess can you kind of predict what the atmosphere is around here or what just kind of the the attitude is around the program at that point? So I, I think, think it'll we be said because a quarterback didn't develop they didn't develop into what they thought it was going to develop into. I think we had said before, like, what's the expectation? I think I said once a decade is a fine expectation for an Ohio State national championship. Adam Rittenberg, when he was on our Friday podcast, said if they don't win one in the next three years, that's a big problem. And he was critical of the fact that Ohio State did not win more previously with, with the way they've recruited. And, again, the, the, the idea of did Urban Meyer underachieve. Um, but Adam put it right on the board that, like, when you think about where they are, they're – as good as any program in the country, they're in a top three with Alabama and Clemson, and Alabama and Clemson have multiple titles in this era, and Ohio State has one. So 
you know, I said once every 10 years, like, if, okay, so it's 2023. So they won in 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 20. You know, if it's 2023 and they haven't won one, you're entering the 2024 season with the 10-year anniversary of their last title. I, I do think that's where you start to get antsy, right? Because even that's up against the edge of, of my perhaps generous thing to say once every 10 years is fine. So, um, I mean, again, it's not, you know, nobody's on the hook for it. Nobody's going to revolt. But I think it is very reasonable in, to expect a national championship from Ohio State in 2020, 21, 22, or 23. This next four-year cycle, I do think on some level, if they don't win one, it would be a disappointment. All right, so here's the real market down Monday pop quiz to finish it. I'm setting, it, I'm setting the over-under at 1.5 national championships for Ohio State between now and the end of the 2023 season. What are you guys taking? Over or under 1.5. So the next four seasons. Yes. I'll take the under just because I think I would be very convinced that they would win one. Um, and it's just hard. You got you to gotta assume Bama gets one more in there with Saban. Maybe, maybe Oklahoma adds a defense to go with that high-flying stuff if Texas or Florida State or USC or somebody else gets their stuff together, there is a little bit of a lull in college football right now that the power is so consolidated. Uh, it, it almost is a little bit of a, there is an opportunity here because if somebody in the PAC 12 gets good, if USC gets back to USC level, if a second team in the big 12 becomes a national power, if a second team in the ACC becomes a national power and all those things should happen there's room for that then it gets just that much more difficult i would anticipate some of those things happening that the top tier and the next four years might expand and that makes it harder for everybody in that top tier to win so i'll say one i think two would be more difficult for sure i'm going to go with the under as well um, but that answer might change if they get, you know, these other two top 10 recruits that, you know, they've been crystal ball to get, and it looks like they're going to get them. But for right now, because of a lot of reasons Doug just named, I'm going to go with the under just because that's, you know, Alabama and Clemson still do exist. And I'm taking the under because I said the next championship will come in 2023 and it would be pretty stupid for me to take the over if uh, that was when I think the next one's going to be. So that'll wrap up the second wait, edition of it. Wait, wait, wait. I have two more things I want to say. Okay. One is the thing that we did talk about and that nobody brought up and nobody went off the reservation this way is naming a national championship with a core, a current college quarterback who's on another team right now. Interesting. And so I just did five seconds of research. And so if somebody wants to say I'm picking Ohio state to win the national championship in 2021 and the quarterback is Brock Purdy, who is currently the quarterback at Iowa state and is entering his junior year and was second team all big 12 in 2019. And let's say he has another really good year at Iowa state and he's ready to grad transfer it for a year. And Ryan day is kind of like, eh, I like our three guys, but we're so young. Why don't I bring in this dude for one year and move the McCord Stroud Miller battle to 2022? Um, not impossible. And I, I was kind of waiting for somebody to go that. Like, of course you can't predict it. But, again, if we were playing this game a couple of years ago and you said, I don't know, the Ohio State quarterback is going to be Justin Fields, right? I mean, you have to be open to that kind of idea. 
with the way college football works right now. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I, I just think that it's for me, it's less likely with Ohio State just because of how much they're stacking up their quarterback talent here in the next couple of recruiting classes, the one they already have in the one they've got coming with common court and assuming they're re- recruiting someone else in behind that as well. And, but the only issue is, as I said, if you look at 2021 and say, man, you know, Garrett Wilson's going to be a junior. All those other receivers are going to be sophomores. They're going to be really good there. Travion Henderson and Evan Pryor are going to be ready to go. I really love our skill position talent. My one question is, man, we're so young at quarterback. Maybe Ryan Day looks at it the same way and says, we have a national championship level team in 2021. If our quarterback has a little more experience, hello, Brock Purdy. That's all I'm saying. But is a is a first-year guy brought in from the outside at that point better than the second-year five-star guy, if it's Stroud, that you've got going into the second year? I think that's a really, really interesting conversation. No, for sure. And you believe in your quarterback recruiting, and the reason they brought in Justin Fields is because they didn't have guys already on the team with the skill set that Ryan Day was looking for. So it's a different conversation. I'm just throwing it out there. And the other thing is I listed three possibilities. One was Justin Fields in 2020. Two was Kyle McCord in 2023. And my third possibility was 2029 with RJ Day at quarterback (laughs) playing for his dad. And Ryan Day uh, coaches his son uh, as Ohio State's quarterback. And when RJ graduates, Ryan Day goes to the NFL. Interesting. It he's hanging like, like I mean, like I don't really know. Like, how do you respond to that? He it's hangs like the out. high school model, the guys who hang yeah. around long enough to coach their kid and then get out. Yeah, and then go, no, and then go to the college and have a position coach. RJ's like hanging out with JT Barrett, talking quarterback strategy when he's like in fourth grade. I mean, the kid's like living a quarterback, uh, quarterback initiation, and he's an elementary. He's like, I think he's getting ready to go to middle school. So, just saying. Mark it down. Yeah. Mark it down, I feel, like, RJ you know how, yeah, I feel like now you have to ask what position RJ plays the next time we get to talk to Ryan Day. Uh, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm would... going to guess quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that would be my assumption too, but um, at, least for now, or at least for now, right? Um, at least at the middle school level, that, that would be my assumption. It's like well, the middle school coach is like, who wants to be the quarterback? And like a bunch of guys raise their hand and the, the coach is like, uh, Steve, why don't you be the quarterback? And this guy in the sideline goes, ah, ah. And he looks over and Ryan Day standing there with his arms crossed. He's like, you know what? Maybe RJ could try quarterback today. And RJ's like, man, I wanted to play wide receiver. No, no, RJ. Come throw the ball. Yeah. So anyway. That's going to wrap it up from our Memorial Day version of Market Down Monday. Oh, I wanted to say one more thing. I forgot to say this. Jeez. Jesus. It's not the date anniversary, but for all all Ohio State fans, nine years ago, I woke up, looked on the internet and said, holy S word, Trestle quit. It rhymed. Um, That was how good of a reporter I was. Tim May was like working through the night to break the news of uh, Jim Trestle's resignation. And I woke up and was like, well, my Memorial Day is screwed up. You tweeted that? Oh, I didn't tweet it. I said it to my wife. I said, oh. holy, that's like, a, that's going to, that's the next Buckeye Talk t-shirt slogan. Holy S, Trestle quit. Um, nine years ago, nine years ago, 2011, since Jim Trestle's Memorial Day resignation. Did you get to actually enjoy any part of Memorial Day that day? Are you freaking kidding me? Ohio <laughs> State's embattled NCAA investigated national championship football coach 
quit on Memorial Day. Did you didn't Doug have a Memorial eat a Day. hot dog that day? No, no. one really brought you a hot dog from Doug outside? Doug did not eat a hot dog. Doug was in his basement swearing and sweating and feeling like a failure as a journalist and writing nine stories. So no, no hot dogs. Well, uh, for our sake, hopefully nothing of that cataclysmic yeah, not between now and, <laughs> and the Tuesday podcast. Um, but thanks for joining us again with Cleveland.com, the old Buckeye talk, and we'll be back at, with you each day this week. So again, try the text 614-350-3315. We try to get your voice into our podcast on a daily basis as much as we can. Obviously, a, a one of your um, suggestions was the whole premise of this podcast, and uh, we love that. We want that to, be, to happen more often. So with that, that was Buckeye Talk.